0: that's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary, B-W group void word by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio.
0: In high fidelity.
2: Welcome to the Along Came a Writer's Network. Opinions expressed on our shows do not necessarily reflect those of our network. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinion. Okay, I am going to. I am going to. Um, play my opening song. It didn't play as it was supposed to, so bear with me. Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. It's my pleasure to interview two authors today, longtime friend of mine, Anita Higman, and her daughter and co-author, Hilary McMullen, who together wrote a gothic mystery titled The Ruby Locket. This is Linda Kozar, and I'm your host of Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. I want to welcome Anita and and Hilary in a minute, but first I want to introduce Sharon Watson. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Linda. Hi, Sharon is going to be hosting a new show called Truest Voice um, that will uh, deal with nonfiction authors. It will be primarily nonfiction, right?
1: Yes, it will be nonfiction of all areas of nonfiction as well. Memoir, um, self-help, just any type of nonfiction uh, books I can find um, interviews for.
2: Okay, and we'll be announcing uh, when her show is going to air. So let's thank you very much, Sharon. And I am going to say hello to Anita and Hillary. Hi, girls. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for
1: having us. (laughs)
2: Oh, so glad to have you. Um, now, Anita Higman is a best-selling and award-winning author and has over 40 books published. She's been a Barnes & Noble Author of the Month for Houston and has a B.A. in the combined fields of speech, communication, psychology, and art. A few of Anita's favorite things are good movies, which are hard to come by these days, um, fairy tales, traveling, gardening, exotic teas, and brunch with her friends. That sounds lovely. Feel free to drop by Anita's website at www.anitahigman.com or connect with her on her Facebook reader page. She would love to hear from you. Hillary McMullen recently celebrated a birthday on September 21st. I noticed that on your Facebook, Hillary. Am I right?
0: Uh, Almost September 20th, but yes, thank you.
2: Okay, I was close. Okay, well, happy belated birthday. Um, she received an English. <laughs> she received an English degree from Sam Houston State University. Has published a variety of works, including a middle grade novel, and has contributed to several devotional books. Hillary lives in the charming town of Navasota, Texas, with her husband and two cats. And you can find her on Facebook as well. Um, OK, let's I'm going to start off the bat with with Hillary because I noticed on your Facebook page that you are an animal lover. Yes. From a lot of your posts. Yes. And and yes. you love squirrels. My youngest daughter loves squirrels, too. <laughs> yes, so sure. I, th- I was. Yeah, I was really amused by that. Um, Before now, before we get into um, the Gothic book, um, the Ruby Locket you guys wrote together, I want to ask Anita uh, how you got into writing mysteries, because that's how I, you know, we were in the same spyglass mystery um, collections. And how did you first start?
1: Well, I remember there was kind of an interest uh, really from decades ago. I remember when I was in college. Uh, in the 1970s, and it seems like there were a lot of popular Gothic mysteries back then, and you would walk into, you know, what was similar to the kind of the five and dime type stores, and there would be a whole wall of these mysteries, and all the covers looked very similar. You may remember something. of and they would always be this castle and a tower and the light was on very top of the tower. And of course it was at nighttime and the woman had to flee from the castle from some horror. Yes. That was in and she always had to flee in, in the night and she still had her nightgown on, of course. And so there was all this and her fabric flying in the moonlight and everything. And, and all the covers looked very similar. And somehow yes. I must got sucked in and I always thought, um, you know, I always kind of liked the just a little bit of extra that the Gothic novel had. And then in more recent years, uh, I, I read um, Anne Rice. Uh, no, I take that back, Anne Radcliffe. Actually, Anne mm-hmm. Rice was sort of the Gothic queen modern day. But back in the nineteen oh, hundreds yes. Anne Radcliffe was the queen of Gothic. And so I became such a fan of hers. And way back in the 70s, I don't even remember if I read any of those novels. It could be that I knew what the insides were going to be, and I just sort of made (laughs) them up in my head. I don't know. But I always thought they looked interesting, and it always intrigued me, those covers. And then if anybody out there has read the Ann Radcliffe books, oh, my goodness. They are amazing. The Mysteries of Udolpho and the Romance of the Forest, which was mentioned in one of the uh, Jane Austen novels, And Mm. I apparently because of that, because she put it in there, she must, uh, Jane Austen must have been a Gothic fan also. And um,
2: she she wrote Jane
1: Austen's (laughs) Anger Abbey, which was also Gothic. And so I have a feeling Jane Austen was also a Gothic fan.
2: It wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, I collect Victoria Holt um books so i have quite a collection of those and you're right about those covers (laughs) (laughs) and you know they're just intriguing yeah they are and there's there's something about the gothic genre and we need to bring it back so i was so happy to see that you guys read this book um now when you now you when you first started writing though uh... can you tell us about your first uh, mystery books
1: yes it was a series that came out originally through barber and then the last one uh... uh, was not eventually they closed down their their mystery line and so the last one had to kind of come out a little bit more on its own but uh... it was the volstead manor series and um... it even though it was a modern day uh... contemporary novels uh... it did have to do with prohibition and lots of secrets in the house, and lots of things to discover—you uh, know, buried secret, secret scary things—and and that's what you've got to have with a gothic mystery series. You not only have to have a puzzle, but you also have to have uh, some of the elements of, of gothic writing, you know, and um, which are, you know, scary turns of events, scary secrets, dark passageways. Um, a lot of times, and I loved it. Edmond may. um, Let's put it that way.
2: Yes, and and a a pair of fangs too. Let's not forget that. (laughs) I I I love love that that in your. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. There was a little. A sprinkling of that as well as the saying thing <laughs>
2: yes <laughs> now now Hillary did your mom uh, growing up did your mom instill a love of reading and writing in you and and or is this sort of an innate ability that she just sort of developed in you was it all already there
0: um, well I definitely uh, grew up loving to read, and there were just books all over the house, and I'd definitely say my, my mom was instrumental in that, but um, as for writing, you know, I actually, I would occasionally write some things, um, I mean, I, I started Writing pretty young, but I'd only write about a page and a half, and then I'd give up because I was such a perfectionist, and I thought, oh, the story couldn't possibly go anywhere, and I would just, I would give up really quickly, because the editor side of my brain is is actually a lot stronger than the writer side. But I finally, I finally decided to hop on board with my mom, um, in writing a book, and um, she, she didn't. It was gentle nudging. It wasn't, you know, pushing. That sounds kind of like a harsh word, but it was you know gentle nudging and she gave me the accountability i needed to to finish a chapter and send it to her so that's that's just what i needed so now i can i can write with her so
2: oh that's awesome yeah there you need to develop that balance we all do between the the inner editor and the writer and just sort of like push through it and just write <laughs> and edit later um but I'm, I'm still working on that myself. Um, now, this question is for both of you. Do you think mystery writers have twisted minds? <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, like no, why I are we want- so killy? We just want to kill everybody off in our books. <laughs> because we can't do it in real life. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something clinically wrong with us. Now,
1: the way I tell people about, as a writer in general, I don't know it's specifically uh, related to mystery writers, but I always tell people, you know, I'm kind of a creative person, and I live without skin, which means everything that I feel, I feel more intensely than the average Joe on the street. Uh, you You know, when someone comes to me and they're telling me, their tale of woe, it hurts me all the way to my soul. I mean, I feel everything. I i hurt for people. It's hard for me to watch the news because it's so very painful. You know, and, and uh, when people are hurting, I'm hurting. I feel everything much more intensely. And I think really um, many creative types, whether they're in the field of other kinds of art and music and Uh, fine art, other things, I think they feel these things, too, and that is just the way God created them, and they can't help it, and so they just infuse their work with a great deal of passion uh, that other people would not be able to do, say other temperaments would not be able to, to do, and so... Now, whether mystery mm. writers go beyond that with an extra <laughs> edge of insanity, I don't know.
2: <laughs> maybe you can answer
1: You're You're a mystery writer too, maybe you should answer that.
2: I know. But, I, well, I know. try not to think of myself as, as a scary person. But you know, our minds do go there, don't they? They go there. They do. And,
1: and sometimes yeah. it's like a nightmare. You know how our dreams and nightmares, we work out things in the night. And it could be people read these mysteries to work out things and how hard life is. And when they get to the end and there is justice for all, and in sometimes real life, there is not justice. But in books, there can be, and they feel satisfied. So it's like they're working out something. People love a good mystery. They do.
2: Yeah, it's like a roller coaster. It's like you're going on this thrill ride, and it should be. A good mystery is like a a thrill ride. Uh, but I think there's a mystery in everything, don't you? I mean, how about you, Hillary?
0: Um, sure, yeah. Um, I, I think my mom pretty, put it pretty well. I don't know if I could put it any better than she did as for, you know, how mystery authors have a little bit of an edge to them or a, an extra creative edge, I think. But um, I, when I was writing The Ruby Locket, um, it definitely was, Uh, a kind of a new thing for my mind to go there and to write those things and so sometimes i'm like man mom this is pretty dark and she's like well this is this is a you know sunrise so i was kind of like okay like you've got to go there
2: yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
2: yeah yeah and you know i i sort of think that all books have an element of mystery in them and and there should be some romance too you've got to throw in some of that um But uh, I'm going to read the blurb for this book, uh, for the Ruby Locket, and it's the first in a series. Um, When Anne's mother agrees to marry a wealthy, mysterious man, she expects a nice mansion in the hills. But their new home, Belrose Abbey, is more like a castle, imposing, cold, and full of shadows. The more Anne explores the corridors and vacant rooms and dusty crannies, the more she discovers about the Abbey's master, her soon-to-be stepfather, Ivan Helsberg. As her mother's wedding draws closer, Anne begins to harbor a creeping suspicion that all is not well at Bell Rose Abbey. Okay, tell us more about this. Tell us about this series.
1: Well, um, it's typical Gothic. In fact, I noticed some reviewers were saying as well that it has to do with insanity. It has to do with murder, you know, just all kinds of of elements all the
2: elements uh,
1: yeah yeah elements of gothic writing but um you know in creepy corridors and they go down in the catacombs uh because this giant estate with this huge man- mansion you know it's really kind of a castle and uh, there's all yeah. these creepy catacombs underneath uh the mansion oh i love it at el Ravati. and so there's a lot to uncover in those catacombs and then of course you have to have the terrifying housekeeper, the head housekeeper, Miss Easton, is full of secrets and terror, and she is basically a dangerous woman. And so you've got to have is one she, of, those, of course. We,
2: is she like Frau Blücher? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm actually old enough to get that joke. Yes, That's from a, good
2: from a, a young Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs>
1: Is that from young Frank I've been I, right? saving
2: that sound effect for a moment like this. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe
1: you did. It. That's, that's really great, Linda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, she is not like uh, Cloris Leachman and Young Frank. <laughs> uh, she is, I would say, um, a little more like the housekeeper. He had a housekeeper in Rebecca.
2: Oh, but she was frightening. She scared me. She scared the oh, pants off oh. of me.
1: Oh, me yeah. too, me too. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was very
2: so um, how, did, how did you guys come up with the idea for this book and, and the plot? Did you like, did you sit there and kind of plot it out together ahead of time or how'd you do this?
1: Well, now, you're going to find this interesting, since you are hoping to write with your daughters one day. Uh, we do write mm-hmm. a little differently, and so even though we have a blast writing together, occasionally we butt heads very gently in that she is not a <laughs> seat-of-the-pants writer. I am, and she likes to plot it out. In fact, when she came over to do this radio interview with me for us to do this together, she uh, we have been uh, plotting out the second book and so she was wanting to go i think once again chapter by chapter and i was just saying well it looks like we've got enough for today and we'll we'll see what happens in the other chapter you know? <laughs> so you know, yeah. we always kind of you know i a little bit of uh, we compromise we have to compromise like maybe i'll let her go ahead and plot out some more chapters and then she also lets me take the book in another direction if i need to but the yeah. thing is, what makes it easier, though, is that uh, we write in first person, um, and so we'll Love take first uh, person. our own character. In other words, I'll take the mom character, uh, Daphne Knight, and she'll take the daughter, and Knight, and then we'll go back and forth in first person and write those. And boy, I tell you, Linda, it really keeps things fresh, and it really keeps no. um, that particular voice very different. Now, our writing does mesh enough so that when we're writing the narrative of, of it, it still sounds like the same basic author. But when we're writing the two different characters, they really are from you know different points of view. They're different people writing. And so it keeps. I think it keeps it fresh. And I think it uh, makes the voices very different than if one person uh, was, was going to write it. And I hope the reader gets a final say on this. I really hope the readers feel this way. <laughs>
2: Well, and to our listeners, if you're fascinated by the thought of this book now, like I am with all the the scary stuff and the catacombs and all that, um, Anita and Hillary are giving away a free e-copy um, of this book. Um, if you are interested, go to either um, Anita and Hillary's Facebook pages or mine and, and just put your name down there. Say you'd like to Be in the running for a copy of this book, and you might be the winner. Okay, so oh, I wanted to ask this. Now, were either of you ever in kind of a gothic situation? Like, did you ever stay at a scary bed and breakfast, or a house, or a creepy mansion of any sort, or visit like a museum?
1: Let me. That is a really good question. I'm sure that I had. Well, first of all, let me give you the home that I grew up in. Uh, my daughter never saw that home. My parents ended up building another home on the farm uh, with their gas money. But before that, we had a creepy old 100-year-old farmhouse, and it was it was pretty scary. We had bat or bats in the attic. We had a snake in the cellar. We had a secret mm. opening floor where the previous owner, I think, had kept his money or secrets or something. Oh, wow. And there, there was always something. And then we had a cellar even below that, uh, below the basement even. And I tell you, that that old farmhouse always gave me the creeps as a kid. And, um, you know, it even had one of those old-fashioned furnaces in the floor and you look down in there and it sort of looks like the fires of hell down in there. And I mean, oh. kids,
2: <laughs> no wonder. I'm telling you, for most kids to grow up
1: in a place like this, it was scary. And I'm thinking yeah. along the line, this probably fit into the, the whole Gothic thing, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. Um, now, now, um, both of you, I'm going to ask Hillary first. Do you get inspiration from watching old kind of cheesy vintage um scary movies, like with Christopher Lee, you know, like, oh, or like The Tingler with Vincent Price, oh. <laughs> or any of those?
0: You know, I actually don't watch very many uh, scary movies, but really the only, um, the only scarier kind of old, like black and white things that I watched were um, Hitchcock, uh, but that's not necessarily oh, cheesy. Yeah. That's, that's pretty,
2: No, that's pretty, no, yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's really the
0: only thing I can think of when it comes to kind of spooky. Um, I'm really, I'm really not much of a a scary movie watcher. Although I do enjoy the occasion, the occasional mystery show that has some mystery elements to it. For instance. Um, uh Grand Hotel is a is a great example of, of that. I don't know if you've heard of that show, but it's it's a little bit like Downton Abbey, except it's much more fast paced mm-hmm. and it has a lot of more a lot more mystery. And it also no, I haven't is watched all that in Spanish. <laughs> so
1: oh it's, oh it's really, really good.
2: so. Wow, I haven't no, I haven't seen oh, that so one.
1: If you have very conservative uh, listeners, I will throw in be ready for uh a, some uh, spicy scenes. Let's let's put it that way. now I no doubt had <laughs> a
2: little bit of
1: spice here and there too, if you know what I mean. But this had even more spice. Even but more I spice. You it was, yeah, you'd have to be ready for some uh, questionable scenes. However, I will say, this, there are sixty-six episodes, I think. And and man, it's hard to stop watching. I mean, because it is extremely fast-paced and it's mystery and it unfolds uh, in a in a just it's just br- brilliantly done, really. And, well,
2: um, well, how about you Anita? Do you do you get at any of your inspiration like The House on Haunted Hill? I mean, that's very gothic. Um, even The House from Psycho, you know, kind of falls into the the whole gothic look.
1: Yes, I know this is hard to believe, but I just watched Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, uh just a few several months ago and that was for the very first time.
2: No way. Uh, <laughs>
1: I <laughs> know. No, way, way, yeah. It really—it was the first time. It truly was scary, and that twist yes. at the end was was very unexpected. Wow, Alfred just Hitchcock terrifying. Really got his right. Yeah, he did. And, but, it, really
2: and it really had a lot is- of those elements. Yeah, the same kind of gothic oh, yeah. uh, combined with horror, of course. But,
1: yes, and the yeah. black and white even made that more intense. But um, anyway. Oh, yes. uh, I also got some inspiration from the book dracula the original classic in fact i was so um uh, inspired by, by mary that shelley that mm-hmm. opening uh, yes uh-huh uh, the actual opening of the ruby locket opens in a similar way to dracula um even though the uh mary oh, wait, frankenstein
2: was, not, was mary shelley Dra- wait dracula was not mary. right Bram
1: Stoker. Yeah. Bram um, Stoker yeah, was Dracula. Had to correct, yeah. Yes. I had to and correct myself. Thank you for the correction. And um, anyway, so uh, that of course uh, you know Dracula is fantasy and ours is not, but I just wanted to open it with that that same kind of chilling effects as uh, mm-hmm. from Dracula. And then this setting one, the scene. We were thinking.
2: About, I'm sorry. No, like setting the scene. Yeah.
1: Yes, That's absolutely. Great. Wanted to set that scene right from the very beginning that it's going to have a mm-hmm. gothic, uh, kind of scary feel to it, and try to run that all the way through. And when we were plotting out the second uh, book in the series, we were thinking of even relating it somewhat then back to Mary's novel, which is is Frankenstein, uh, Mary Shelley's novel. And so, um, so we hope to bring out maybe a little bit from from that book in the second one. Both, of course, masterpieces in literature.
2: Okay, we are down to our last five minutes, and it's, it's time for our lightning round. And hopefully some of you have chill bumps now, because we're ready for our, <laughs> our lightning round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, girls, you can both answer this. You can answer together or separately. More gothic. The Adams family or the monsters?
0: Probably the Adams family. Not that I've really
1: seen a lot of it, but I would agree with that. Adams family.
2: Like, who did it better? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I agree. The monsters house, even though it was spooky and scary, the Adams family house was a lot better because you had Thing crawling around, you know, it was just disembodied hand. And then you had the, um, the Marlin. Hanging on the wall with a half a man sticking out of it. <laughs> there, there yeah, were, and yeah, even I'm the doorbell. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, even the doorbell.
1: I particularly like roses that are upside down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, now this one has to be for Anita, because I, I don't think you'll remember this, Hillary. Heckle and Jekyll or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Uh, Dr.
1: Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because I'm not familiar with the other one.
2: The cartoon. It was a, <laughs> it was the cartoon oh, no, with I those blackbirds. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. Interesting. This falls well. This will one falls in with the Frau Blücher thing, and I'm not going to do the horse whinny again. Um, is it Frankenstein or Frankenstein? You
1: know, I've heard it both ways, so I really.
2: I don't know okay <laughs> um it depends on correct, what, what um uh, well it is depends on if you or? like young frankenstein better than the original Franken, uh, frankenstein oh yeah because that's movies. the
1: way they were pronouncing it, young frankenstein but that was yeah. such an absolute crazy parody on all of it i mean you couldn't really <laughs> trust them right they just wanted to say it the way they wanted to say it to be funny so well, actually I, 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 right. I don't know probably Frank, dr okay. frankenstein
2: <laughs> okay, so Hillary, which is scarier, a gypsy curse or a scary hearse?
0: Probably a gypsy curse. You you don't know what's going on in there. It could be it could be bad. I think.
2: Yeah, and you know some of these gothic uh, novels had things like gypsy curses. You know, which is kind of cheesy these days, but. Um, but um, I think one of those old-time hearses with the plumes and everything, the carriages, uh, are they're kind of scary looking. If you go to, um, Houston has a funeral museum, and they have some of those in there. And we've um, toured that with our writers group, and they're kind of creepy, too. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, okay, this really is for both of idea. you. We
1: need to tour that sometime. That's a good one, Linda. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's really good. A lot of history there. Okay, so um, Dorian Gray or Fifty Shades of Gray?
1: Uh, I would kind have, of a well, spicy 50 question. Of Gray is, is,
0: is silliness, but Dorian Gray is definitely creepy. That was one of the best books I ever read in high school. I loved it. Um, yes. Yeah, it was creepy. It
1: was creepy.
2: Very creepy. Well. Okay. The main
1: thing I'm going to say that no, in case readers are wondering out there, I have never read Fifty Shades of Grey, nor do I ever intend to read the book or watch the movie. Just in case there's a question out there. <laughs>
2: Me either. <laughs> Me Thank either. You. Okay. So what? What's worse, if you like a vampire or an umpire?
1: Well, I I like a vampire because I like vampire movies. I'm I have books and movies. I can't help it. I do. And now, how about you, uh, Hillary? What, what's creepier? To uh, <laughs> I'd probably say the like a
0: vampire is creepier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's <is> pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> now, or how about a zombie umpire? You know, now that would be creepy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or you know, I know. Or Frankenstein. As, now, I'm not as big on zombies. I, I don't think they're as interesting as vampires. But that's probably not your question
2: but well because vampires have uh, they have intellect they have intelligence you know they're just lumbering right. um Okay. We are, we are out of time. Can you believe it? We are, we are out of time and I I just want to thank you ladies and I have to have you back uh, when you do uh, the rest of the series. But listeners, if you're just tuning in and you, if you are, your timing's off Um, today, we had a great chat on Chat Noir with authors Anita Hickman and her daughter and co-author Hillary McMullen. They're on Facebook and other social media. You can find them there. Enter to get this free ebook. Uh, Google them, go to Amazon and buy their books. Buy all of Anita's 40 plus books. And don't forget to tune in to Chat Noir Mystery and Suspense last Wednesday of every month at noon for another blood tingling tale. Get those chill bumps up. We're ready for another show. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay.